breaching the fault lines of today. Welcome to Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Dr. Zudi Jasser. Welcome to another episode this week of Reform This, the Blaze Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me again. And if you're looking for a voice of reason, a voice of reform, a voice of modernity against the Islamist establishment, against Muslim leadership around the world that has abrogated their responsibilities in order to push theocracy, push radicalization, you come to the right place. This is a place where I think so many people who have been waiting for that conversation about where in the Muslim world can we begin to find hope, where can we begin to defeat the theocrats, the mafia of those with beards, if you will, and uh, when can that happen, how does that happen? This is the place every week we take a little bit of a topic and give you a morsel of understanding that you can take on to have conversations with your neighbors uh, in interfaith community, business community, online community, social media, and elsewhere to begin to have the conversation that the general media just will not have, traditional media, legacy media will not have. And now with the shifts in politics in Washington, they're even less apt to do so. We have gone from a Trump 24-7 mindset to now a fawning media that basically takes everything that the Biden administration says and says that it is gospel. But that's not what we're addressing. This is not a necessarily a political program. This is one where, you know, almost a quarter of the world's population is Muslim. And what are they doing to change their own condition, to change their own mindsets, to come into the 21st century, to defeat the ideas of Sharia law that are jurisprudential interpretations of law that are still stuck in the 12th and 13th century that would then bring misogyny, racism, draconian Hadood laws that are are a form of punishment that uh, should not be part of any human endeavor in the 21st century, but yet still fill the books of Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, and other Iran and other Islamic majority countries. This week, I wanted to bring you a conversation about Muslims, Islam, and AI, artificial intelligence. And I think you're going to find, you may say, well, there may be apologists that agree with it, etc. I think there is no greater sign that eventually the Islamists are going to lose, that we will defeat them in the Western secular liberal democracies than the fact of where their position is in the use of technology. Because anyone who feels the way some of these scholars have felt about artificial intelligence will be left so far behind and defeated in every realm, be it scientifically, militarily, socially, politically, technologically. They'll be left far behind. This week at... Wired UK, one of the leading publications, no conservative bastion, mind you, one of the leading publications on where technology is headed today, had an article on Muslim scholars working to reconcile Islam and AI. Sparsha Huja wrote about the fact that artificial intelligence is being developed in the West, in uber-secular Western labs, as he called them. But what should Muslims, what should devout Muslims make of it? And he feels that AI can pose a dilemma for those whose belief systems embrace 
doing no harm over profits. So that's how it's positioned. Believe it or not, in one of the technology's leading publications, it's published as a, as a dilemma between embracing technology or profits versus ethics. It's sort of an anti-capitalist. And this is why, again, the red-green axis exists, is that you have a, a, a synergy of anti-freedom, anti-profits, as capitalism is wont to be defined as, versus stimulation of the individual, of freedom, of ingenuity, of creativity, of reward for work you put into something. But no, capitalism is painted as simply all about profits. And AI is being painted that way too, by the left and also by Islamists. And yet, the premise of this article was that somehow AI was uh, conceived in the research labs of Silicon Valley, deeply rooted in secular ideals of, pro of progress. And yet, as it goes global, it's running up, up against what a quarter of the world's population being Muslim and their minders at the Islamist establishment, if you will. Now, that's not what this author's saying, because it's interesting. It's, it's particularly interesting, as, as he notes, that Muslim AI researchers have reignited a long-standing debate about the relationship between modern liberalism and Islam. Should algorithms be allowed to play God? Should algorithms be allowed to play God? Now, is that really the debate about AI? It's interesting how the, 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 those speaking for Islam always love to put that those who might be secular are somehow anti-God, anti-Islam, anti-faith. Yes, I can tell you as a medical bioethicist that certainly there are some dilemmas that we need to address ethical and moral dilemmas, be it cloning, be it uh, other things that push the envelope. But the topics addressed in this piece show you that the, the, the profound simplicity and medieval nature of Islamist thinking shows you that they are going to be left so far behind, we are going to defeat them. We are going to defeat the theocrats because they do not embrace technology. Now, on June 25, 2020, Yes, just six months ago, Facebook, one of the leading technological companies, right, in social media, Facebook announced the winners of its ethics in AI research initiative in the Asia-Pacific. A $25,000 grant to support the integration of diverse traditional knowledge from around the world into the study of artificial intelligence. Among those selected were Junaid Qadr and Amana Raqib, two Pakistani academics who were studying how Islamic ethical and legal principles can be used to regulate AI in Muslim countries. Now listen, they were studying the ethics in order to show how it can be used to regulate AI. And Facebook rewards them with $50,000 each. $25,000 each, rather. Qadr said, Islam professes ethical traditions going back more than 1,400 years as he sat as chair of electrical engineering at Lahore's Information Technology University. He said there's a lack of representation in AI for the 2 billion people who profess these beliefs. Our work will plug this gap. Wow. Are they winning uh, uh, um, 
reward simply because they have such lofty goals that somehow they're going to speak for two, mil- two billion Muslims? According to Qadr Raqib, liberal regulation of technology has precipitated a moral crisis in the Islamic world where they believe colonial values have supplanted native worldviews. He said much of the advancement that has taken place over the last century has been imposed on Muslims, not created with Muslims at the helm. Oh, so because the technology came from the West, it must be bad. It's the, it's the same Islamist mantra, which is the land of Islam and the land of war. Darul Islam and Darul Harb. That which comes from outside Muslim-majority countries must be evil, must be that which we be antagonized with and be at war with and battle with. Darul Harb and Darul Islam, the land of the war versus the land of Islam. Raqib said, as he sits in his chair of philosophy, professor of philosophy and ethics at Karachi's Institute of Business Administration, as a result, no one asked the critical question of why we need these technologies in the first place. Maybe we don't need them. And you know, this goes back, I've, I had a program a couple of years ago where I talked to you about even the determination of the beginning of Ramadan, which is coming around early April this year, there are those that say, oh, it says in the Quran, you must know, you must see it with your eye when the new moon is, and that's when Ramadan starts. So around the world, to this day, half if not more than the Muslim population refuses to say when Ramadan's going to start because they can't use technology, and yet we know over a year in advance when the lunar cycle is going to be. To the meter, we know the cycle of the moon around the earth, and yet... They can't use technology. And those Islamists will be left in the dust. But when it comes to theological argumentation, those literalists are sort of dismissed as, well, they're just orthodoxy, etc. But it, tra- it translates into everything else of their being. It translates into their misogyny, into their, into their lack of belief in enlightenment and modernity. And then you have the sort of neo-modernists, the neo-Islamists, like the Tariq Ramadans and other Islamists in the West who dissimulated into saying that, well, there is a Islamism 4.0 that, yes, we follow technology, but we verify it with the eye. So we know the moon will begin April 7, whatever date it's going to be this year, and then we verify it with our eye so we can do both. That might sound moderate to many of you, but it also will stifle innovation. And that's why this piece this week in Wired UK is so important. It highlights exactly what we're fighting against in this program and why we think and what I think needs to be reformed immediately. One question that they sought to answer according to Wired magazine was whether Using AI to prolong life is Islamically permissible. Healthcare being the largest driver of investment in artificial intelligence, with medical startups at rising over, raising over four billion dollars in funding in 2019. AI wearables can predict biomarkers of aging, before traditional medicine. 
Raqib is skeptical. In Islam, life prolongation is not something to value for its own sake. The number of years one lives has to be weighed against the moral spiritual struggle one could undertake during those years. She said, during these pandemics, Muslims have been even struggling with the question of ventilators. Some have a theological belief that there's a certain time for death and you cannot delay it. So this fatalism is something I fight against every time I push back and forth on bioethical debates with Islamist imams who come in and have no training, virtually no training in medicine or understanding in science, and they bring this monolithic, they bring this myopic view of life into their recommendations to families at end of life. And yes, we want to minimize suffering. Yes, we want to minimize the unnecessary prolongation of pain and suffering, which is not valuable life, but that's not what this says. These experts in the interface of artificial intelligence in Islam are actually professing that the, the poison tree here is the intelligence, is the technology, rather than a communication of the individual will of what that individual wants. And this again is where you have a collectivization of the mindset. They don't see technologies valuable for improving quality and not just quantity, but improving the ability to understand the things that we can improve in our life. Now, to them, the technology is what's bad, and they must speak out against it. And that's how they maintain control, right? This is the issue, is that with the increased specialization and and, and huge ballooning of information the imams can't keep up so if they can't keep up they have to then relegate power of decisions in society from themselves to the doctors to the scientists to the politicians and others and this is why political islam believes that islam is a way of life that then intercalates and 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 penetrates everywhere so that the imam controls your life Versus Islam being a way of life, of simply being a good person, and then every individual makes their own decisions on things. With advice from their doctor, from their parents, and also from one or two or ten imams. This is the issue, is that when it comes to technology, they want to control it. They want to control the decision-making process, and the best way to control it is to let Muslims believe that their guilt will burden them if they don't get the imam's permission. The ventilator is not about saying if something's reversible or if it provides an opportunity for the body to defeat a virus or for the body to defeat some other ailment from emphysema to cancer to whatever, whatever it might be. Now, the ventilator is what's bad because it's a technology imposed on their natural, literalist interpretation of life. Wired Magazine then says, oh, so driverless cars are probably out of the question too. When the writer asked Qadr how an Islamically-minded automobile might react if forced to choose between running over a pedestrian or crashing and killing the driver... A popular thought experiment in AI circles. He said that that's the wrong question to ask. 
He believes artificial intelligence should be designed to be non-maleficent. It should, first of all, do no harm. This yardstick in Islam is called falah, or spiritual success, according to Quranic injunction, which the professor says is sharply distinct from the West's profit-driven approach. Are you kidding me? Right there, Wired Magazine empowers an Islamist to basically said that the West, which is a Judeo-Christian world, is driven by a godless, profit-driven uh, exploitation of humanity. This is the message coming from Islamists about freedom, about capitalism, and about artificial intelligence. Are you kidding me? You're telling me that the algorithms that drive the way a lot of programming is done is simply done without any moral capacity? You had one death here actually in Arizona from a, a, a driverless automobile and the entire program was put on hold. The entire national program was stopped. You're telling me, yes, there's a lot of more moral concerns about the lack of regulation in the internet, the lack of the ability for to control against those who would use it for evil purposes? Absolutely. But we also learned this week from stock manipulations and others from apps by the, what appears to be fake name of Robin Hood, are actually, will turn on the people they were supposed to be helping when the, when the population start to work together to push back against hedge funds that will sell a stock short in order to destroy it based on a bet and make money off of mom-and-pop stores all over the country. That's bad? I don't think so. And yet these imams are using yardsticks not based on individual freedom that will have error, that will have areas that need to be discussed and publicly discoursed, but it doesn't make the technology bad. What's bad is the people using it. What's bad is those who refuse to acknowledge transparency in how it is used. And this is what's always classic for Islamists, is that they will use the technology, no different than the Chinese Communist Party uses technology to control its population, but it will mimic and, and rewrite and copy our technology and then use it as it steals our military secrets in order to control its population. And that's what Islamists will do. They will have a public front that Facebook will reward and others as being this moral journey to bring current technology in line with their moralities. But in fact, it's a method of control. It's a method of centralized Islamist control by the men with beards and robes to control what the individuals believe they want to use their technology for. And absolutely, we should push back. I'm, I'm for example, been very outspoken against assisted suicide, outspoken against cloning, cloning of individuals takes away the entire concept of family, takes away the entire concept of uh, the, the natural development with a mo mother and father and, and a child. But that is a moral argument to make. Now, should it be made illegal? We can talk about what should be legalized and what should not. But the Islamist 
don't really care about they 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 pretend to be anti-technology because it comes across good to the naive wired reporters here as they strive to be moral but in fact they want to control that's what it's about and they're going to lose again i'll remind you as as backwards and medieval as these positions appear i think it's great that they have them because they will lose we will defeat them the arab awakening was a great example of how these dictatorships that spent over two generations wiping out dissenters of all faiths, of all races, that refused to toe the line of the Ba'athists in Syria and Iraq or the, or the NDP in Egypt or Erdogan in Tur- Turkey, wherever it might be, or the Wahhabis in Saudi Arabia or the Khomeinists in Iran, and you had people in the streets based on the use of social media, technology, apps, communication devices, Bluetooth, and others that they used to circumvent government controls. Now, they lost many of them. And then when they got control, it turned into a chaotic mess. But this is what human evolution is all about. And at the end, technology will win. You either embrace it or you will lose. And I think the Islamists have shown they want to embrace it for their control and I don't think they're going to be able to exert as much control because the culture is different than China. China has been able to be against technology while use it, using it themselves and allowing people to use it, but yet with their filters because major technological companies have acquiesced to the Chinese government's rules for Google or whatever else might operate in their borders and in their control. And the Islamists are trying to do the same thing now as we see in this debate Now, to their credit, Wired goes on to say, not everyone agrees with the stance of these two scholars recognized by Facebook. Dr. Mohammed Aurangzeb Ahmed, Associate Professor, University of Washington, researching the applicability of AI in healthcare, thinks that implementing any algorithm implies trade-offs. AI and a human doctor are working with finite resources. Hospitals have a budget which means that not everyone's life can be saved. He says the only difference is that a doctor will work with localized, imperfect information, and AI works across a huge data set, allowing for more optimal risk assessment. And they note falah for him, or morality, is less a test of which AI to permit, but a question of what outcomes it should deliver. He goes on to say that I'd agree a falah, oh gosh, this term just, you know, I understand the beauty of the term in Arabic, but combining it with English is just bizarre. I'd agree that a falah optimizing algorithm or morality op- optimizing algorithm would maximize saving lives over profit, but that doesn't mean resource constraints disappear. You see, again, they're posing it based on profit. AI is not just about profit. That's not what Islam is, is going to temper. Is Islam anti-profit? I don't think so. If you look at even the most, most, most orthodox interpretations of zakat, zakat or charity should be 2.5% of your savings. So therefore, if you spend it, you have less savings. So therefore, Islam's economics from its core believes in spending, believes in putting money back into the economy because if you save it, you must pay it in charity. 
So therefore, there are significant things. And if you look at the, we talked about interest, usury. Usury is prohibited because of its exploitative nature and infinite amounts of interest rates. But one of the, the principles is that risk should be shared in business and not be fixed. And one side takes all the risk and the other has guaranteed profits. And that's not just profit. That is about guaranteed without risk. So risk is part of business. And they're not talking about this here, are they? And then they talk about how AI can be used to find disease earlier. So I think ultimately, at the end of the day, Facebook showed itself to be again with the Islamists, with the power structure, with the establishment. Social media companies in the West can't seem to understand that their own roots that developed them, which was, you know, college kids in Harvard that decide they want to leave college and just develop an app, as so many are doing every day, that they're working hard to develop modern technologies because they see that they can find a need, find a niche, and find a solution to that to make people more efficient, more productive, and then that becomes the next profit center. What's wrong with that? Human beings should be rewarded for energy they put in and have the property rights to maintain the ownership of that invention. While Islamist countries, whether it's Saudi Arabia, Iran, or otherwise, don't believe in property rights for people. They take their inventions. That's why there are no inventions that come from the people in those countries, at least that we know about, because the government steals it. They don't have property rights. So you need to have free markets. You need to have democracies in order for invention to, to be rewarded or else they won't do it. People won't waste their time coming up with new things that somebody else steals from them. And the Islamists will try to push back and say that technology is bad, haram, it doesn't have falah, and all these things. <laughs> it's a smokescreen for control of their lives. And this is what's amazing, is ultimately us Muslims that believe in Western Americanism, that believe in the U.S. Constitution and would die for it, it doesn't mean we're anti-Islam. It means that their Islam, their Islam is the one that we want to defeat. But our interpretations of Islam, in many ways similar to the interpretations of Christianity, the Founding Fathers, Judaism of the people that founded Israel that believe in secular democracy, that's the freedom that we seek to infuse into interpretations of modern-day Islam. So when Wired UK asked the question, Muslim scholars are working to reconcile Islam and AI, I would tell you they're looking to reconcile their Islam with today's AI. But our Islam, modern Islam, will win every time if they're not going to accept the beauty and the, the, the ability of modern thinking to defeat medieval thinking. Now, again, my antagonists in the Islamist community will take this as that I somehow believe in unregulated anarchical technology. That would be not only a fabrication, but a complete 
intentional dismissal of what I've dedicated my life to fighting against, for example, assisted suicide, uh, fighting against uh, so many of the abuse of technologies to, prom- to prolong unnecessarily life, to prolong suffering. Yes, human beings still make the ultimate choice, but independent choices for the use of independent technologies. Not collective choices for us. And that's the difference, is that the Islamist will exploit technology's foibles in order to maintain centralized control. And it is important for those of us that believe in liberalism to continue to stand for the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, to continue to stand for individual freedom with a mildly tempered AI, mildly tempered free market that is a moral one based in Judeo-Christian Islamic understanding and all those who believe in righteousness and goodness and humility and integrity to fight for. So, I just thought I'd spend some time. I think there's no topic that really centralizes, sort of, that crystallizes the debate happening, I think, between political Islam and the theocrats versus Western freedom and liberty. Thanks for joining me this week. We have a lot to catch up on when it comes to what's happening in France. Next week, we'll probably talk a little about the soaring numbers for Le Pen, Le Pen's daughter, if you will, and that party in France. What does it mean? Macron has been facing political Islam. I talked to you last week about the charter that the Islamic imams have signed on to. Was it good? Was it bad? Generally good, but it could be dissimulation for the Islamists. And what does that mean? I'll talk to you about it next week. We'll also talk a little about Engage. What is this group that now has been sort of the lead Islamist protagonists in engaging with the Biden administration? And who are they? And what's, what is this uh, backslapping that they're doing about the end of the Muslim ban, etc.? A lot to talk about there. If we have time, we'll cover it next week unless news guides us elsewhere. Thank you for joining me. Please find me on social media at Dr. Zudi Jasser, D-R-Z-U-H-D-I-J-A-S-S-E-R, and at Reform This Radio on Twitter, and also at Facebook at MZ Jasser. God bless. Share this podcast with your friends and family, and we'll see you here next week on Blaze Radio Podcast. Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network.